welcome Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James, and Dan from Georgia, your co-hosts, reading the entire Bible from beginning to end. Hopefully, actually, I, I wish a judgment day would come before we finish this series, but we may have to wait until we're all done. So, but that, at least we'll know more about the Bible by the time we're all done. So, good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Actually, I'm breathing fine. Uh, as you probably know, I've, I've had several years of nasal congestion, runny nose, and uh, various ailments, mostly injuries. But then last October, actually, yeah, well, I went to um, Las Vegas for Thanksgiving, and I caught the flu, the current flu. And I've known plenty of people who've had this current flu, two of which have actually died uh, from what's called sepsis. So if you don't recover from this flu, you get sepsis and die, okay? Because I'm, I'm convinced that it's an mRNA that's either coming down from chemtrails or in your food or in your water. They have various forms of delivery. And fortunately, these are not normally as potent as if you have it injected into your body. In which case, uh, I just read an article about one million Britishers have died in England since they started jabbing people in England. Okay. That's an incredible With the COVID number. vaccine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of, very few of them actually have taken all three jabs. Most took the first jab and then never took another one. Some took two jabs and never took another one. And a, a small number have taken all three jabs. And uh, they're certainly going to die, <laughs> right? Uh, some sometimes uh, sometimes the batches aren't quite up to snuff, right? The, the the drug they put in there is not strong enough to kill you the first time, so they have to inject you again, right? So that's what's been going on, and uh, I've no, I know people from coast to coast in identity who've caught this bug, and most of them have recovered. Okay, all right, so. Uh, Brother I've had something for about probably close to two weeks now. I'm I'm better now than I was last week, but um, I I think it's it's probably just the flu. Mm-hmm. But uh, it definitely uh, can knock you out. That's for sure. Not make you feel too good. Yeah. So let me increase the volume. Uh, Brother Abear says the volume's kind of a little low, so let me boost it right here on the uh, uh, on butt. Okay. So. I've increased the volume a little bit, so I don't want to increase it too much. But we're not—I'm certainly not in the red as I'm speaking. My uh, voice is tickling the yellow. Uh, give me a sound check on your end, real quick. Can you hear me? How yeah, do I you're, sound? You're a little louder than I am, but uh, if I—I I only have control over the. Uh, okay, brother Abar says better, and I can boost my volume in the mixer as well. So anyway, what I was saying was that. Uh, they're, they're trying to, if they can't inject us, they will saturate the air with it. They'll set, put it in their water. But those forms of delivery are way less potent than an actual injection into your arm, okay, or butt, whatever this case may be. Why don't they inject people in the butt anymore? <laughs> right? Or do they still, right? Because I remember that when I was a kid. That's where I got inoculated, in the butt. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But also, I remember very clearly, though, the uh, shot I got for polio was in my arm, and I still have the little uh, ring around the rosy uh, scar f- from that injection. I don't know if you ever got that injection when, when you I were I think a kid. I did it when I was really young. I think okay. that was 
you know, back in in those days, they didn't ha- have we didn't have nearly the amount of uh, oh yeah injections in fact, yeah. uh, injections that they the kids now get. I mean, it's like gosh, a whole laundry list full of injections that these kids have to get. Right, right, absolutely, it's unbelievable. And when I went in the military for Vietnam, I think I got two or three at the most. So uh, it's incredible. Now I think they got up to twenty or thirty. Yeah, injections going in the military. Wow, you know what? And in the military too, they uh, so many soldiers either quit or died that they're now offering uh, money to uh, ex-soldiers to come back because they're so low on soldiers. <laughs> wow. Right. More proof that we were right all along that the jab is a hoax, right? And it's in, it's designed to kill primarily white people, okay, and disrupt our economy and our lives. That's that's what it's designed. We're, we're the brunt of the attack, right? Because Africa has not had no such problem, right, where uh, the jab is very infrequently dispensed and there's no uh, – they're not getting the flu, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. But you can't use logic to people who uh, worship doctors as if they were gods, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, so we left off, or I left off last week at chapter 38 of Isaiah. And so but I only got a few lines into it. So let's pick it up from the beginning. Over okay. to you, Dan. Okay. Okay, uh, chapter 38. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith Yahweh, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto Yahweh, and said, Remember now, O Yahweh, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of Yahweh to Isaiah, saying, Go, and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith Yahweh, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. Okay, uh, there's this word wall here, and I don't recall this episode our first time through, but in those days, we were kind of rushing through to get it all in. But here, the Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And there's kir or kirah, a wall as built in a trench. Uh, mason, side, town, wall. So I don't think I've ever, you know, I have no idea what this wall is. Is it inside his, uh, you know, his apartment? Or is it outside? Uh, what wall is, is this? So, uh, yeah, is that, that's mm-hmm. a good question because I want a wall like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, if, I, if I have a wall to pray to, I'll do that. Oh, maybe that's that wailing wall that Jews use. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to you. Verse 6. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from Yahweh, that Yahweh will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of, de- of the degrees, which is ah. gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees, 
by which degrees it was gone down. The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said, I shall not see Yahweh, even Yahweh in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. My age is departed and is removed from me as a shepherd's tent. I have cut off like a weaver my life. He will cut me off with pining sickness from day even to night without make an end of me. I reckon till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to <laughs> night will thou make an end of me. Mm-hmm. Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes fail with looking upward. O Yahweh, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He has both spoken unto me and himself has done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. Okay, so he's truly repented here. Okay. Yes. Which is not uh, what, the, the, how should I put it, the for show type of repentance that a lot of, not just Jews, but even Christians do, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fake. Not, fake. Not, uh, is there nothing fake anymore? Uh, is everything fake now? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's A lot of it's just done for show to, to impress other people. So. That's right. I'm not impressing anybody, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Back to you. You know, it's interesting, too, this uh, Hezekiah, he was one of the best kings of Judah, if not the yeah. best. Okay. And um, his son, Manasseh, was the worst. Uh-huh. Probably, you know, Manasseh yeah. did all kinds of bad things, just totally rebelled against Yahweh. So yeah. it's, um, it's funny how the, the, the father was so good and then the son was so rotten. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the son grew grew up seeing all the riches, wealth, and power that Daddy had, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Daddy, that's true. Yeah. yeah, Daddy failed to sit him down and instruct him. But even though you can sit somebody down and instruct them, and still turn out bad like Esau, right? Right? right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's two two um, polar opposites right there, Jacob and Esau. You there know? you go. Uh, yep. Both yep. came from the same. Same parents, and uh, one turned out to be a, a loser, and the other one was, was good. <laughs> right, yeah. How many generations does telegony <laughs> affect, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. Very interesting. But Hezekiah's prayer was heard. That's fantastic. Okay. Verse 16. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So will thou recover me and make me to live. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, mm. but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind my back. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. Yahweh was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of Yahweh. For Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. Hezekiah also had said, 
What is the sign that I shall go up? Hmm. So I wonder if this uh, this plaster or uh, what's the modern terminology for it? Uh, compress. Maybe this compress of figs uh, will cure a boil. I wonder if any doctor. Ointment, doc- maybe. Yeah, an ointment. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But you have to cover it too, otherwise it'll rub off, right? So. You put the ointment yeah. on the boil and then put the uh, cloth over it so it saturates the boil. Well, if I ever have a boil, <laughs> I'll try this, okay? <laughs> there's, all, there's all kinds of very interesting medical advice in the Bible, but you have to really look look through it carefully to find it out, okay? That's so we'll, we'll, we will look through it carefully. I'm yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to re- do another sh- uh, episode. <laughs> we'll do, have to do part three of these readings just for medical advice, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But uh, thankfully, we have computers that can search words for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, may, yeah. But that would be a, an interesting study. Okay. Yeah, All it right. would. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 39. Okay. At that time, Merodach Balaban, the son of Balaban, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and was recovered. And Hezekiah was glad of them and showed them from the house of his precious, showed them the house of his precious things. Big mistake here on his mm-hmm, part. Right. The, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. Then said he, What had they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of Yahweh of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thy house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, Mm, says mm, Yahweh. mm, mm, mm. Okay. He was a bit naive, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. Showing I these mean, things. How, how foolish to show yeah. anybody everything that you own. I mean, right. that's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> get when you the own as, much as as he did. Yeah. Get the stormtroopers ready. <laughs> okay. Very good. Verse seven. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of Yahweh which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. So he took the news in good stride that mm-hmm. came from Isaiah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I won't live long that. enough to... to <laughs> right. To uh, uh, pr- uh, sustain the results, right? Okay. It's not going to affect me any so No, all right, yeah. No, why should I worry? <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Chapter 40. 
Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of Yahweh's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of Yahweh shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of Yahweh hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. Because the spirit of Yahweh blows upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Verse 9, O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that brings good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span? and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of Yahweh, or his counselor has taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Oh, okay, he forgot about the Talmudic rabbi. <laughs> Yahweh has to consult before making a decision. Oh, I, oh, guess, yeah, he, right. I guess he wasn't familiar with the Talmud. All right. That's what they claim, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. Yahweh consults with, a, with a, uh, a rabbi before making a rabbi, decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Verse 15. <clears throat> Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he takes up the isles as a very little thing. In other words, he picks up the whole earth as it were just a grain of sand. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing. Yep. And it Lebanon is. is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing. And they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melts a graven image, and the goldsmith spreads it, spreads it over with gold and casts silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he has no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. <clears throat> 
he seeks unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sits upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretches out the heavens as a curtain, and spreads them out as a tent to dwell in, that brings the, brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom will ye then to whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who has created these things, that brings out their hosts by number? He calls them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power. Not one fails. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from Yahweh? And my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, Yahweh, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon Yahweh shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Okay, you have a, at least you have to have at least enough strength to be patient. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So I think that's a lot of our test here. Oh is, yeah, uh, being patient and waiting on Yahweh. Amen. I mean, we may not. He may not come for another thousand years. We really don't know when he's going to come. Yeah. When he'll return. It's our job to just patiently serve him and, um, you know. Yes. Yeah, very patient. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, uh, well, in bygone times when time moved a lot slower than it does today, right? Or they don't cram as much activity into a year as we do today. So patience... Uh, there wasn't really much else you could do, right, in the Middle Ages, but be patient and uh, wait for Yahweh to answer your prayers. Uh, but yeah, we have to have, uh, an, still, we have to have patience uh, and keep praying. And uh, if there's any sins, repent of them, and then Yahweh will eventually work it out for you. Okay. But what I found, let me just share this really quick. Um, because uh, a friend of mine, uh, Steve, I won't mention his last name. He's a bookseller, but he's uh, confined to a wheelchair, and he's in Illinois, and he has to rely on government uh, helpers, you know, uh, housekeepers and that sort of stuff to come in and straighten up. And but he's a bookseller, and he has a lot of Nazi and uh, you know, uh, Christian identity books, especially Swift and Compare. And so one time, a government worker, it was a black guy who came into his apartment, and he saw all of these racist books. And, oh, my God, this guy's a Nazi. And uh, so he's had all kinds of problems with uh, finding a competent and willing housekeeper. 
So he asked me to pray for him. And so what I did was I, I put his name uh, on my cupboard so that I see his name and his, his problem every single day so that I don't go a, a single day without praying for him. So I hadn't heard from him for about a month. And so I called him and said, well, what's going on? Because I haven't heard from you. And he hadn't complained to me in a while, right? And he said, oh, uh, I found a really great housekeeper. She's a German lady who cooks for me, who does a, and she doesn't grumble about what she's doing. She does a, uh, you know, a, a fine job. And she, then, then when her job is over, she goes home and doesn't complain about anything. And, okay, well, that's what I was praying for. <laughs> All right. So, so if you really want something done, uh, give yourself a reminder. Make sure you you keep that wish, that desire, that prayer in front of you at all times. Because the fact is, most of us don't. We just don't pray enough to get the thing yeah. done. Okay? All right. Uh, just that trick. Uh, I just want everybody to know about that trick, you know, prayer trick. Okay? That's a good idea. Because yeah. uh, a lot of times, I think even in Scripture says, we don't even know what to pray for. That's right, right, (laughs) right, right, yeah, well, and and sometimes uh, the resolution of a problem you might have may not be entirely to your liking, but it will be the correct resolution, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's where the the patience comes in. We have to trust that, you know, that it's being, everything's done in his will, whether we like it or not. It's not always going to be what we want. Right. Immediately, right then and right there. But, you know, we just have to be patient and keep serving. That's right. That's right. Because uh, our lives are not our own. They belong to Yeshua, right? He redeemed yeah, us, exactly. but he also, he also purchased us. Okay? Yeah. That's part of the redemption deal. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. All right. Chapter 41. Keep silence before me, O islands. And he's speaking here of these uh uh, the lands in the Mediterranean, like, uh-huh. such as Crete and those different islands out there. Okay, all right. And let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let them come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. He gave them as the dust to his sword and as a driven stubble to his bow. So I guess he's saying here who has stirred up this king from the east, mm-hmm. rightly calling him to God's service, who gives this yeah. man victory over many nations right. and permits him to trample their kings underfoot. Yeah, well, I mean, there's an ongoing uh, hidden story within the scriptures, and that is the gradual migration of all 12 tribes from Palestine to points west and north, right? Because mm-hmm. And that story can only be gleaned from the popul- the few population studies there are in Scripture. But we know that when the ten northern tribes were taken cap- captive, many of them realized what was coming, and so they just got a, a, in their ships and sailed west. Or they went overland, but that was more difficult to do because you would have to go through Assyria <laughs> to go overland, mm-hmm. right? And so they got on their ships and sailed to France, Germany, Ireland, Spain, etc. Okay? and uh, But this was essentially peacetime here. But we know that, that the population uh, counts by David and others. Show a marked decrease in the population. Well, where did these people go? 
But, well, we know they migrated. They migrated to the west, and they found peace in Crete, I think is what uh, th- these verses are trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, verse yeah. uh, 3. He pursued them and passed safely, even by the way that he had gone, that he had not gone with right. his feet. Who has wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Yahweh, the mm-hmm. first, and with the last, I am he. Right, right. Well, this uh, brings up a question, because I know in our talk show days, people questioned our judgment slash wisdom slash knowledge when we stated that Yahweh uses other nations to chastise us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, How uh, can there be any doubt to that? that yeah, he used Assyria, he used Babylon, he used Medo-Persia, he used right. the Greeks, the Romans. I mean, it, it's it's history. And now the Jews. <laughs> and now the right. Jews. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, So, but uh, a lot of people don't believe that Yahweh would use evil people to chastise us. Well, I mean, if our evil has become so great that, uh, that it's fair and just for him to do so, then he will do so. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't know how there can be any doubt in anyone's yeah. mind about right. that if they yeah. have any well, knowledge of history. Yeah, because they're listening to their Judeo pastors who tell them, oh, all you have to do is believe and you're saved, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. all you got to do. Just believe. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they don't care what they believe. Just believe. <laughs> but Jesus loves me, right? How could Jesus uh, punish anybody who, who he loves? Right? Yeah, and the law's been done away with, so yeah. there's no so, such thing right. as sin, right? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, this is the, the corruption of the scriptures that modern churchianity has come up with, and therefore we're due for a chastisement. And it's happening already. It started with COVID. Uh, that, was that verse in Peter, a judgment begins in the house of Israel? Yeah. It has begun. All right. All right, verse 5. The isle saw it. And feared the ends of the earth were afraid, drew near and came. They helped everyone his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smoothed it with the hammer, him that smote the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering, and he that fastened it with nails, that it should not be moved. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Well, here's some more identity right here. Yep. In just these couple of verses here. Yep. Fear thou. Fear thou. I'm sorry, you're going to say something? Well, yeah, the uh, the seed line is very clearly stated here. The, uh, the seed of Abraham, uh, to the exclusion of everybody else, no doubt about mm-hmm. it, okay? He's just reiterating the fact that we are his chosen people and nobody else counts except the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were 
incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. Oh, they shall, very good. Yep. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Oh, or against thee, right. Against right. thee, yeah, that's more they, like it. Anyone should, who opposes you will right. come to nothing. Yeah, they yeah. should have used the word against as opposed to the word with, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, Yahweh, thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith Yahweh. Okay, worm. Right. Worm is maggot. <laughs> you maggot. maggot. <laughs> okay. Well, I take offense to that. So even though we're just a bunch of maggots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to love a God that considers us to be maggots? Really? <laughs> of course, it's only figurative language. Well, he does say, I think it's back, I can't remember where it is, he calls us, uh, that he says our, his people are soddish, which means stupid. So right. So he does call us stupid. Right. Yeah. yeah because and we, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I resent that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bible is brutal. You know, all this really love, is. love, love stuff is just makes no sense whatsoever. You cannot have read the Bible and believe that garbage. It's sickening, really. It is. Yeah, sickeningly sweet. Yeah. Syrupy, sickeningly sweet. Aspartame <laughs> with powdered sugar on your pancakes. That's what churchianity is. is. Yeah. Sickeningly okay, sweet. 15. Okay. Verse 15. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shall make the hills as chaff. In other words, we are going to be this new threshing instrument right. that will tear our enemies apart with oh. Yahweh's help. I'm going to print that out and put it on my wall. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a note of that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and thou shalt rejoice in Yahweh. And shall glory in the Holy One of Israel. Cannot wait for the day. Yeah, really. Yeah. When the poor and needy seek water, there is none. And their tongue fails for thirst. I, Yahweh, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shitta tree, and the myrtle, and the oil tree. I will set the desert, set in the desert the fir tree, and the pine, and the box tree together. Okay, very interesting. Uh, verse 18. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Now that is literally has come true for us Israelites as we migrate west, okay? And in some cases, even east as far as Japan. However, there's all, it's also metaphoric language because the rivers of water re represent Yahweh's uh, Torah. It represents right. the Torah, right? And we are, the tree language 
is that we are, I will plant the wilderness in the, in the wilderness, the cedar, the shitta tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. That's us. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is a figurative language, but it's also literal. Okay? But we, there's a big distinction here. The tree language always refers to us Israelites and sometimes other people like the, the cedar of, of uh, Assyria. Assyria is compared to a giant cedar tree. But uh, the tree language or arboreal language always applies to people. And the water language, including the old wine and the new wine, the liquid language applies to Yahweh's teachings and mm-hmm. the extent to which we keep those teachings. All right. So, uh, and this is pretty, uh, you know, uniform throughout the Holy Scriptures. You know, and a lot of people miss that language, that figurative language. All right, back to you. That's a great point, though. It, it the Bible teaches on on two levels. It's, yes. it's oh, like yeah. the figurative and the actual. You know, right. So it's good that you pointed that out. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, well, it uh, reminds me of you know the disciples who asked Yahshua, "Why do you teach in parables?" Right. Right. So, uh, so what did the churches answer to that question? Or what, what do they answer? Yeah, yeah. What, what's their answer when somebody asks that question today? Why did Jesus speak in parables? Their answer is because they want everybody to understand, <laughs> right? But, but his answer is very plain. It's because I do not want those people, the Pharisees and their cohorts, to understand lest they be converted. And he saves them. Yes, and he does not want to save he them. He does not want to save them. Yeah. Right. How dare you say that? <laughs> Dan, how dare you say that? Jesus does not want to save somebody. Well, That's if right. you're pure evil, why should you be saved? Yep. Okay. All right. But Jesus loves everybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for those money changers that he whipped and scourged out of the temple. And he I wonder how the churches, how they teach that. Uh, it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing that they get away with teaching that garbage. Right. Now, I mean, uh, when they get to the part about him turning over the, the money changers tables and whipping them. Yeah. Um, huh. Do they do they gloss over that verse or do oh. they try to sugarcoat yeah, well, it? They, or... I think they just ignore it. May, they may ignore read it, but they it. ignore yeah. it. Now, what's the lesson here? Uh, maybe Yahshua doesn't like bankers. <laughs> Especially Jewish <laughs> bankers, right? Yeah, that's, that's meaningless. Let's let's go to the next verse. Yeah, no comment. Nothing to see here. We'll just skip over that. Yeah, one. We'll skip over it. Skip over <laughs> vanity. <laughs> this is <laughs> that's how the modern churches teach. They skip over the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're trying to appeal to everybody. Right. And yeah. You just can't appeal everybody when the book is a yeah it's it's separatist in its right. language from beginning to end so you, there are going to be people that are going to be offended by it yeah so we can literally say the modern christian who follows a judeo-christian preacher knows absolutely nothing about the bible very little yeah very little at all yeah well they know that jesus died for our <laughs> sins but they also believe he died for the sins of the world but that can't be true because only Israel was given the law, so only Israel truly knows what sin is. Okay? 
All right? So they get punished according to how they treat us, according to Zechariah chapter 14. Okay? So they have to choose sides between us and the Jews, if they're smart enough to do so. All right? Okay. And they never did away with the law either. That's the no, no oh, absolutely. Yep. You yep. Know, that's clear in, I think it's Matthew fifteen twenty four. I come not to destroy the law, but to but, fulfill. Right. Yeah. But then they twist that and say, well, he fulfilled the law. <laughs> well, it says the law and the prophets, which means, did he fulfill all prophecy when he died? Or just no. the prophet, yeah, okay, or just the prophecies of the first advent. Just the prophecies of the yeah. first advent. There you go. It's the only thing that was done away with was the sacrificial law. Yeah, okay. the blood, the blood rituals, and those kinds yeah. of things. Right, right. Which the uh, Roman Catholic Church revived in a way when they teach that when they have communion, the literal body and blood of Christ is presented to the people at communion. Literal. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. The literal body and blood of Christ. Well, that can't what is be. That called? That's, they call that transubstantiation or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for reminding me because I grew up class. That's what they call it, transubstantiation. Uh-huh. But Paul clearly says that he was the last sacrifice, right? But they ignore it. They skip over. They skip over that verse in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. It's that just amazing how far we've gotten from Scripture. Yeah, from Scripture. Yeah. yeah, well, the Bible, actually, the New Testament is a record of how emerging Christianity, as practiced by true Israelites, has been attacked from the very beginning, first by the Catholic Church, uh, and, and, and you have independent uh, roving preachers like Marcion, who was the other one? Two, two, uh, but they're both named by Paul in his writings. False prophets who pretended to do miracles and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so our our religion, our way of life has been attacked from the very beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the, the very first Christian converts had to live underground in the catacombs of Rome, you know, just to survive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there has there has really not been a moment's peace. Maybe maybe we had some peace uh, when the Roman emperors you know were put out of the way, and then there was a, a period between the, the Roman Empire, the pagan Roman Empire, and the so-called Holy Roman Empire, which was started by the popes. Okay, but the popes were their main objective was to syncretize emerging Christianity with the pagans of the Roman Empire so that they uh, cease to have trouble from Christians or from mm-hmm. pagans, right? That's the, the foundation of the Catholic Church, all right? I think the first, who was the first emperor that, it was Constantine, wasn't it, that yes. made Christianity the first, the um, yeah, official the, religion? Well, I, I think it stopped being persecuted. I don't or know being if pers- made, yeah, 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 right. Because I don't his know if, mother was a Christian. That's right. Yeah, Helen of Troy. No, not Troy. No. Helen of Wales. <laughs> Sorry, I got my uh-huh. wrong era there. Helen of Wales. She was a, a devout Christian. She even came to Palestine looking, you know, wanted to discover what's going on in Jerusalem and, uh, you know, uh, the area there. She was very devout, but her son was not. Constantine mm-hmm. was not. 
Okay. He was a political animal. Yeah. Not, yeah. And I'm sure he did that for political reasons. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Very few Catholics know that. I didn't know that. You know, I, I left Catholicism at the age of 17 when Vatican II occurred, which turned out to be a communist revolution inside the church, right? Inside the Catholic Church. And I never looked back. Mm-hmm. The only time I would set foot in the Catholic Church is uh, one of my relatives might die or get married or something like that. Then I would condescend to go into a Catholic Church just for, <laughs> you know, to make my friends and relatives feel better, right? But that's it. I would never go into a Catholic Church for any other reason. Okay. All right. Back to you. Okay. First uh, 20 that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of Yahweh has done this, and the Holy One of Israel has created it. Verse 21, and we're beginning uh, the rest of these verses are entitled, The Futility of Idols. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, idols like Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We may not have the same idols that they had back in, in biblical right. times, but we have our own idols today. Oh, how about uh, what's-her-face uh, at the Super Bowl, the the girlfriend of one of the players? Taylor um, Swift. Taylor Swift, right. Talk yeah. about idolatry. Oh, my gosh. Idolatry. <laughs> That's all you hear on the news is yeah. about those two. Oh yeah, yeah, and every you know, and, and what the funny part about it is, everybody who idolizes those two have a secret wish that they get married and break up, right? <laughs> They're already talking about how how soon will it be before they break up? Will they ever get married? Okay, and yeah. uh, and the internet is full of questions like that. It's really funny, but yeah. Uh, but, of course, that's a distraction for us because what's really going on in the world in the Middle East and the Jews annihilating the Palestinian people of Gaza, most of whom are just women and children, because anybody who's an adult and has the opportunity, adult male, have the greatest opportunity to leave and get the hell out of there. They're killing innocent women, children, etc., and reporting it as if it's the exact opposite. Right and the and the Christian Zionists believe all that garbage. So uh, uh, Sadish, did you say Yahweh says we are a Sadish people? All right. Okay, I see we're having uh, uh, sound issues at the moment. Are you there, Dan? Okay, hold on, folks. Let me see what's. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, yeah. We lost you there, or maybe we got lost together. So I right. heard I heard you go in and out. I heard something you say something uh, about Sadish, and then yeah. that's the last thing I heard. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're back back full throttle. All right. Where did we leave off? All right. Ch- uh, verse twenty one of chapter forty one, entitled "The Futility of Idols." Uh huh. Okay. Produce your cause, saith Yahweh. Bring forth your strong reasons, saith the King of Jacob. Let them bring let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, what they be, that we may consider them, and know the latter end of them, or declare us things for to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that ye are gods, yea, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and behold it together. 
Okay, uh, hold on one second here because I'm still looking at verse 21 uh, because the the word of can be problematic too. So who is who is the king of Jacob? And Jacob here is defined as heel catcher, <laughs> right? That uh-huh. is supplanter, okay? The Israelitish patriarch. Now, Jacob is rarely referred to as a king, as a melech, because that's the Hebrew word here, melech, okay? Uh, was he part of the Melchizedek or Melchizedek, uh, you know, prophecy? Could be, or maybe that's what's being a, but the king of Jacob, who would be the king of Jacob? Uh, if Jacob has a king at all, but when he ruled, he had no outside king reigning above him. So what is this well, verse actually saying? Yeah, your comment. What do you think? Uh, well, I just think, uh, you know, Jacob and Israel are used interchangeably because it's the right. same thing that's referring to. Right. Um, I think same he's person. just saying present, yeah. your, present the case for your idols. Yes. what he's saying. Okay. Let them show what. Let it. Let's see what your idols can do. Yeah. Yahweh is saying. Yeah. Let's so see how I, good they are. What good are they? You know. Yes. Yeah, so, right. Okay. So uh, what I would say here is the king is a reference back to Yahweh in the first part of the verse. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some people might miss that because of the wording. Okay. All right. True. Yeah. Yep. Um. I think I was on verse twenty-four. Okay. Behold, ye are of nothing, and your work of naught. An abomination is he that chooses you. Uh-huh. In other Ooh. words, your idols, if you yes. choose, they're worthless. They're, whoever chooses an idol is... Yeah. You are as worthless as the idol itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Verse 25. I have raised up one from the north, and he shall come. From the rising of the sun shall he call upon my name. And he shall come upon princes as upon mortar, and as the potter treads clay. So we're talking about uh, the king of Babylon here. Right. Okay, here, mortar, with spelled with an E, M-O-R-T-E-R, is defined as proper, it's comer, properly a bubbling up, that is, of water. So that's uh, you know you if you spell it with an o mortar you'd get the a totally different impression here okay so that's why it's uh, it's important to look these words up so uh, as a heap a wave a mire or or day cement okay but it it means properly a bubbling up and I guess if the bubbling up occurs in a heap of clay <laughs> it, it dries and becomes a clump right <laughs> okay mm-hmm. all right back to you. Yeah, he's saying this uh, this leader from the north is uh, is going to tramp trample them as a potter treads the clay. There you go. Yeah. Verse twenty six. <clears throat> Who has declared from the beginning that we may know, and before time that we may say he is righteous? Yea, there is none that shows. Yea, there is none that declares. Yea, there is none that hears your words. The First shall say to Zion, Behold them, and I will give to Jerusalem one that brings good tidings. For before I beheld, and there was no man, even among them there was no counselor, that when I asked of them could answer a word. 
Behold, they are all vanity. Their works are nothing. Their molten images are wind and confusion. So Mm -hmm. none of your idols told you any of this. Right. And they're worthless. They're as empty as the wind is what he's saying here. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it's the various kings of Israel and Judah who precipitated this kind of idol, idol worship by ignoring their their king. Oh, well, the kings ignored Yahweh, right? And then, yeah. uh, and then the people, uh, you know, followed suit. And that's usually yeah. A, that was really their their biggest sin. If you go as as we read through the Bible, you know, the biggest sin was was idolatry back right. in, in these times. Right. And I would say, argue that it's the same way today. It sure is. We don't worship yeah. stone idols. We have other right. idols. As we were yeah. just talking, we have uh, Taylor Swift and right. Donald Trump. And, <laughs> right. And and Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen and right. Don Hagee. Uh, there you go. And uh, yeah. who's a David Jeremiah, another Jew pretending to be a Christian, right? So our people follow them. And no wonder they've been led astray, okay? In fact, uh, there was a recent item about Joel Osteen, and I guess there was a uh, flood in Houston uh, last year, maybe in the summertime, forget forget exactly Mm -hmm. when that occurred. And Joel Osteen closed the doors of the church uh, so that any people who needed shelter could not get in, right? I remember that. I yeah, remember hearing yeah. That. yeah. And this guy's a multimillionaire. Yeah, right. Yeah, but he had that. he had just had the carpets cleaned, <laughs> so he didn't want to mess up the freshly clean, oh, cleaned no. carpets. Have dirty no, carpet. no, you can't have that, right? But there was a mattress guy. There was a guy who owned a mattress store in the vicinity who opened up his mattress store and let everybody come in and sleep with their dirty clothes. If They probably didn't have clean clothes uh, to sleep on his mattresses or on the floor or whatever. And this guy was a true Christian. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'll have to do, I'll have to do a story on that because that it just really shows you what Joel Osteen really is. Mm-hmm. What he really is. Okay. He's a Jew pretending to be a Christian He's got his, what do you call it, uh, trophy wife, right, to make himself look good. You always have to have a trophy wife, and uh, et cetera, okay? That's, he's an actor. That's yeah. all he is. He's an actor, okay? So, and our people fall for this. It's idol worship, right? It is. Yeah. We are no different today than in biblical times. We just have different idols than they did back then. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, they tend to run around and they're, and they're Edomites in shoe leather, right? Pretending to be Christians, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the other thing, because before our our show today, we talked about what was going on in Israel, and the fact that the the there's Torah Jews supposedly that are being persecuted by the Ashkenazi Jews who don't agree that the Israeli state is the fulfilling of the prophecy of Zion. Okay? And so these Torah Jews are being persecuted by the Israeli state and by the secular Jews who don't want, they have nothing to do with the Bible. They don't want to learn anything about the Bible. I would say the Jewish people are the most ignorant people as far as the Bible is concerned. Of course, we're only talking about the Old Testament. Than anybody. They don't read the Bible. Mm -hmm. They just do what their rabbis tell them to do, if they listen to the rabbis at all. 
So it's really showing there's a conflict between Torah rabbis and Talmud rabbis, and that will never end because they can't even make their own minds up what the law really is. Okay. Yeah, well, that's no different than Christians who don't that's know anything right. about their Bibles either. That's right. So, to, yeah, so we're in a li- living in an age of ignorance about the Bible in an era where knowledge should be the number one issue. We have all of these universities and b- divinity schools, etc., etc., and very few of these people know anything. They just believe what they're told by the television set, by their pastor or rabbi. That's, and I think a lot of it's laziness, too. They just don't oh, sure. want to study. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, the the temptation is there, well, to, to believe, well, he, I haven't listened to my pastor. He should know what the Bible really says, shouldn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess that's a form of laziness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, and, and, and we have a lot of distractions ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know. like Taylor Swift. <laughs> like Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wish I was as rich as she is. I wish I was popular and famous like she is, right? Well, you know, they have their own problems, you know. They do. You know, being rich is not always a cool thing, right? And usually mm-hmm. isn't. You have people tugging at your body. Here, come here, come there. You know, I don't know if it's a, if it's such a cool thing to be rich, right? It, it grinds you on you. friends are when you that's, that Oh, yeah, you, you don't have any friends, Everybody yeah. wants a piece of you, right? So there, there it is, folks. <laughs> you want to be rich and famous, okay? And the Jews, the rich Jews, don't have much of a life either. You know, they have to be really careful that they don't get found out as to who they really are. They have to keep the pressure on. The propaganda machine has to be cranking out night and day. All right, we're at the end. Great show, Dan, and we're yep. we're learning how to become Christians as we speak. <laughs> All yes, right, brother. Take care. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.